Hello, friends, and welcome to the Help and Hope podcast. I'm Sharon Betters, and I'm so, so excited to welcome you to this conversation that we're having today. If you have been listening to the Help and Hope podcast for any length of time, you know that our vision is to offer help and hope, especially to hurting people. And our topic today is one of those places where the person experiencing this life crisis is often experiencing it in isolation and devastation and loneliness and sometimes hopelessness. And so we are so eager to offer the help and hope of Jesus for that broken person. But before I tell you uh, who our guest is, I also want to welcome Janie and Wilson as our co-host today. Jane Ann served on the National Women's Ministry Team for the Presbyterian Church in America. Anyone who has crossed paths with Jane Ann knows that she is a life-giving encourager. She is passionate about women's ministry, and she is especially equipped for this conversation because of her passion for partnering with the leadership of her church in equipping women to come alongside of other women, especially really broken and hurting women. Jane Ann is also passionate in the season of life of helping her children pass on a legacy of faith to her grandchildren. So Jane Ann, welcome. And before we introduce our guest today, who I know you can't wait to talk to, tell us a little bit about what you have been up to these days. Um, these days are full of taking every opportunity to invest in our four grandchildren who are in Virginia and Florida. So we go back and forth quite a bit. and. On the ministry front, I'm actually this evening, I'll be facilitating a group of women around the calling of partnering with our male leadership in our church to come alongside them as they seek to shepherd hurting women, like you said. And I can't wait to recommend the resource we're going to talk about today to them. Yeah, I, I knew that you were going to be excited about that. Uh, and we are hoping, friends, that this conversation is going to be like salty peanuts, that you're going to listen and you're going to say, I have got to hear more. I need this resource that they're talking about. Most of the time, our guests are people who have experienced really life-altering crises, as I've spoken earlier about experiences, life crises that they experience in isolation and loneliness. It's hard to talk about them. But on this podcast, they tell their stories and their stories of redemption and faith, and they're designed to offer help to the person who's hurting but also to equip those who come alongside of that hurting person. And sometimes we have guests who are expertise, they bring an expertise to a life crisis that they may not have experienced themselves, but it's almost like they've experienced it because they have walked with broken people who have gone through some really dark places. And that is who we have today. We have Ellen Dykus, and we are going to be talking about sexual betrayal in marriage. And I know that if you have experienced it, you, or you may have a friend who has experienced it, you're going to agree this is one of those places that's really, really hard to talk about and even know what to say. And so I want you to know that Ellen is so equipped to talk about this topic. She has just written a book called Jesus and Your Unwanted Journey, Wives Finding Comfort After Sexual Betrayal, and she also has a leader's guide that goes with it. And friends, it is free. And I just can't believe it. And I don't know how long it's going to be free, but we'll tell you later on in our conversation how you can get this resource for free. And you are going to want to get it for sure. 
Ellen is someone that Janian and I consider our sister. Oh, and by the way, Janian is my sister by birth. <laughs> but Ellen, Jane, and I are sisters because of Jesus and because of our passion for partnering in ministry. But Ellen brings really a great depth to this topic because she has walked with hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe not face-to-face, but through the resources, the books that she's written and the conferences where she speaks, women who have experienced sexual betrayal in marriage. She has been involved in ministry for over 30 years, and since 2007, She has served as the Women's Ministry Coordinator at Harvest USA, which is a national ministry dedicated to discipleship and church education regarding sexuality and gender. Ellen, you're going to find out, loves discipling women, especially those who are struggling with sexual and relational sins in their own lives, as well as women who are impacted by the sexual sins of their spouses. It's been my privilege to have Ellen as a guest on the podcast before. And in particular, we talked about toxic relationships, taking refuge in Christ, one of the books that she has written, and she has been a guest writer for Daily Treasure. So Ellen is also a friend of Mark Inc. Ministries. So Ellen, welcome. There's so much more I could say, but I think we'd rather hear from you. So welcome. And before we jump into our topic, tell us a little bit about your life right now. Yeah, well, it's so good to see both of you, just dear, dear sisters in the Lord. So yeah, as you already mentioned, I have been serving here at Harvest for a little over 15 years. We're based in Philadelphia, actually just north of the city in the suburbs. And um, yeah, so I'm here day after day, just not only ministering to women, but training other women up. I have a new staff woman and two intern staff that I'm trying to train up, seeking to train up for ministry. You know, that's one of the things I've particularly really appreciated about Harvest is that we are in the trenches with people in all these areas of suffering, but then we also have opportunities to do things like this, like to share about what it's like in the trenches, what we've learned, and to equip others to do it, which is the great commissional perspective, right? To be training other people up so that the gospel is going out. So uh, the other thing I'll just share that you didn't mention that could be an interesting even segue into what we're going to talk about is I'm unmarried. It hasn't been the Lord's plan up until now for me to receive that gift of marriage. And yet this ministry to wives has been a significant part of my ministry journey here at Harvest. Not the only part of my ministry, but it has been a significant thing. And I just want to offer that out right at the onset here, especially if there are single women that are listening or single again married single again women that might be thinking, well, this isn't something I could ever engage in. And I would say, actually, in Christ and the hope of the scriptures, it is. So Mm. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) I'm glad you said that. That's really good. As I uh, was preparing for our conversation, Ellen, I, and I know Jane Ann was too, so taken with the gentleness with which you approach readers. It's like you're sitting right next to the reader. And I I just imagine you taking a weeping woman by the hand and leading her to a chair and giving her a minute to weep and, and letting her cry, getting her a, a drink of water. And then I can imagine you saying something like this, which is a summary of your book. Painful information has been revealed and most likely your emotions and thoughts feel like a piece of driftwood on a stormy ocean. You've been tossed into a world you did not know existed. 
your husband's sexual unfaithfulness, your unwanted, unexpected suffering has upended what you thought about your life, husband, and marriage, and what kind of future you have with this man. Jesus is with you in this unwanted place, and his first words to you are not get over it, forgive and forget, or this is your fault. No, his invitation is to draw near, listen for his love, receive his comfort, and lean on his strength. The journey in front of you will not be short or easy, but he will be with you each step of the way. And that, in a nutshell, is the incredible message of help and hope uh, that the gospel offers. So tell us why you believe the message of Jesus and your unwanted journey is so important in this day and age. Well, sadly, because the needs for this kind of hope and help and practical street level care, the need for it is so profound. And I talk about this a little bit in the intro to the participant guide about when I started this role back in 2007, and it had close to zero experience in any aspect of these fears. And on the wives side of our ministry, you know, the women just kept calling in and coming into the office and out came all these stories. And, and I'll be honest with both of you, you know, like you're both women that have been involved in decades of ministry. I was younger at that point when I started here, but my head was really pulled out of the sand about how, how profoundly sexual sin is something that has ensnared many believers in Christ and has brought a lot of destruction into many marriages of professing believers as well. And so that's, that is why this book was so important for me to have an opportunity to write. And as I mentioned to both of you a few minutes ago, it's something that I'm just like, proud of and something that maybe probably only the Lord can understand that all that has been entrusted to me by all these women over these years can now be made available in a resource that hopefully is going to touch a lot of different lives. But in summary, it's important because there are so many. I mean, statistics would say that in any church among the, the married couples there, that at least half of those couples are or have faced some form of, of, sexual, of sexual sin. And it's not only husbands that are you know, falling, falling to temptation. Wives are as well. But in my ministry, of course, I'm, I've been focused on ministry to wives. So I really love how you use women in the scriptures to, as a segue into coming to that, because people could look at the scriptures and say, well, it doesn't really talk about this kind of, of situation for me. It has, the scriptures have nothing to offer me. And yet so clear the way that you take the like the story of the bent woman, she's a favorite of mine. I remember doing a study on her and I just, her heart, you know, you get to know her and you just feel like she, she's your friend and you get to understand more about her, but why would you choose her? as a woman that a woman, a woman who has been sexually betrayed would relate to? Yeah, the story is from Luke 13, verses 10 to 17. It's a favorite story of mine as well. I've gotten to teach on it a lot. But the, the short summary of this woman who had been bent literally like at a 90 degree angle for at least 18 years through um, some kind of a disabling spirit, something from the realm of darkness. There's no nothing in it that says that this was because of sin. It wasn't because of anything she chose. It was just some the way the fallen sinful world was 
crashing upon her life. And the story beautifully shows Jesus seeing her, calling her to himself, and her getting up from where she was, allowing her infirmity to be really on public display as she draws near to Jesus in a crowd of mostly men who actually kind of mocked the situation that Jesus would engage with her on the Sabbath day and actually actually bring a healing to her, to which she responds with a new lifestyle, a heart posture of praise. And so the, the reason I chose this is because I think it's so relatable to all of us, how this woman's physical suffering does give us a picture into our emotional, spiritual, even relational suffering. And for wives, they're bringing their own sinful responses to marriage into the situation, of course, but they are not responsible at all for their husband's choices. It's something outside of them. It's something they never would have signed up for. And yet here they are. And this story beautifully and compassionately reveals Jesus as a savior who sees, who who invites us to come near, who touches us, speaks words of healing and celebration, and he defends and protects the woman in the story. And that is what he is wanting to offer, what he is for hurting wives. And so in the workbook, I walk through that in a lot of detail And the leader's guide obviously helps the leaders to know how to make those connection points. But the last thing I would say is that, you know, sometimes this would be across the boards with sexual strugglers, Uh, whether if it's some somebody that's wrestling themselves or in this situation is we think, well, I've got to find a Bible passage that shows adultery or a Bible passage that speaks of immorality. And actually, this is one of the many blessings of scripture is you take the ministry of Jesus, and it will apply to so many situations. And that can actually diffuse the shame associated with sexual related suffering and sin. Yeah, I totally agree. I I thought this book, as I was working through it, I thought this book could apply to every life crisis. Seriously, just take out the some of the words and put in different words because the truths are so they're the same for mm-hmm. every every situation I think and and um so rich I and I appreciate that you uh, focus a lot in that passage on the character of Jesus why do you think that is important because I mean somebody who's so broken they might look at you and say who cares if he was a teacher mm-hmm. or he was those things why do you think that's a, a, an important place to stay for a while? You asking me that kind of reminds me of like, I kind of agonized over what to title this book. And eventually it came together of Jesus and your unwanted journey. It's not your unwanted journey and trying to find Jesus in it. No, he's already there. He, he already knows. He sees a wife that's in this situation. And there's mystery. There's, you know, I talk a lot about suffering in the workbook and why is it? And there's mystery and why God allows what he allows. But what we do need to know is that he is a present with a savior. And so, you know, I've had a lot of wives come to me. The majority of of women that come here are, are in churches, they're professing believers. But one of the ways that God 
has used, at least with the women I've gotten to know, that he uses this trauma in marriage when a, a husband's sexual unfaithfulness comes out into the light. For many of the women, it, it reveals kind of where their heart is really at with the Lord, because there can be that temptation to focus on your marriage, to focus on your husband maybe being your your heart satisfier or the one that completes you or your family. And when that blows up, and I've had so many women who who would say they never would want to go through this again, but they would not replace what has happened in their relationship with Christ because of it. They were kind of left in a place of who do I turn to? And so that is why the book is called Jesus and Your Unwanted Journey. And Christ is, I, I wanted I wanted him and his love and his truth to be woven throughout every every part of it because there's lots of books out there that can give you marriage principles or even overcoming from trauma principles, which have a place, have, have their place. But if Christ isn't in the midst of that, the healing isn't going to go full, full on. It can't. So that's why I wanted the very person of Jesus to be central to this workbook. And the way that you communicate, I mean, even now, but especially in the study reflects your years of experience coming alongside hurting women, and you seem to just be inside their skin. How, how have you seen mm. sexual betrayal affect a woman's sense of identity, security, and worth? Yeah, well, there's different variables that would, in, that would impact how a woman <clears throat> is impacted by this. You know, I just mentioned one of them, the degree to which a woman has has either consciously or unconsciously placed all her sense of value and identity in her husband, in her marriage, when that blows up, when perhaps the husband she thought she had actually isn't the man that she's thought he was, that is going to bring, like the terrain underneath that woman's feet, if you will, is going to really be shaken up and broken up. And so this is also an aspect of like the power of the marriage covenant and what God has designed the marriage covenant to be of a husband and a wife becoming a new entity together, a new family, oneness of life. And, you know, I think people think of that one flesh union is only the sexual part, but it's so much broader than that. It's a oneness of life coming together as a new family. And so when sin intrudes upon sexual sin intrudes upon that marriage covenant, I actually call it treason of the marriage covenant. A wife is the one that she has joined her life to and pledged her life to. And she's, she's not been perfect in living that out either. But when that is just disrupted through sexual unfaithfulness, I'll just say it again, what I mentioned a moment ago, the, the land under her feet may just feel like it's crumbling beneath her. And that is one of the ways, I mean, it's a severe, a severe mercy, a severe discipleship path of how the Lord can take that to invite a woman towards himself and say, I am the source of your value and identity. Only I can give you that unfailing love. And so, so yeah, I mean, we could go off in a lot of different directions, but I'll kind of leave it, leave it at that. And I, I want to just mention this too for women that might be listening to this and they're saying, wow, like my husband, as far as I know, he's not looking at pornography or he's not been unfaithful, but I, I do look at him to be my life. 
You know, my sense of well-being rises and falls with how he's treating me. There's no shame in this. Okay, this is not about you feeling shameful about yourself, but maybe this is an invitation for you to do some self-examination alongside a trusted person and see, and even to talk with your husband about it. Are there ways that Christ is wanting to be reinserted into his rightful place as center in your marriage and center in your heart? But there is no shame, sister, in recognizing, wow, something's gotten off track in the way I view my marriage and compared to the way I view Jesus. Mm. Thank you. Wow, that that's really, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I'm, I'm thinking of, you talked about how everything is just, the whole foundations are shattered. And think about a woman in her normal everyday life before something like this happens. And she has stressors in her life already. She may have broken relationships with her family, or she has children that are just regular children, but they're, they create a lot of chaos in her life and a lot of needs, and or maybe they have money issues. How does something like this all of a sudden amplify all those stressors? I mean, and, and for a, a woman who is betrayed, and how can those who love her be a little more understanding of her if she is all of a sudden acting like a crazy person over mm-hmm. a stressor in her life when before she just rolled with it? Yeah, I wish I had an hour to talk about this question in and of itself, because this is something I talk about a lot when I have opportunities to speak to church leaders, whether of pastors, elders, or women's ministry leaders, or even counselors. Because wives in this circumstance are so often very missed and very misunderstood and misinterpreted in this. So just for starters, as you mentioned, Sharon, oftentimes there are, like any any of us, there's lots of facets to our lives. Most, and I think this is God intended, the marriage relationship is meant to be, among other things, a place of security a place of safety and where you are strengthened to go out into this world for the sake of of Christ. I mean, there's more we could say, but for the sake of our conversation now, I'll just limit it to that. And so when that very core relationship all of a sudden, or maybe slowly erodes or all of a sudden breaks apart, you've lost some of that support. You've lost your own sense, again, of stability and foundations, but you life goes on. Kids need to be taken care of. Elderly parents need to be taken care of. Your own health needs to be addressed. And and the reality is that there are stressors that come into a woman's life through this. If this has been a public exposure, I've got a woman in my group right now whose husband's sin was made known publicly. It needed to be. And so she's facing the stress of changed relationships. How does she respond when she sees somebody in the community that knows what's going on? It's like, What do they say? What do you say? Uh, There can also be the stressor of physical, physical infirmities. If if a husband has been physically unfaithful, there's the potential for sexually transmitted diseases. That adds another layer of stress. So there's so much here. So what do we do? Well, we can just say that's too much for me, you know, send her to harvest or send her to a professional counselor. I'm saying, yes, you could do that, but let's train you up. Is You know what we need to do first? We do what Jesus does in that story in Luke 13. We seek to see. We draw near to women. We seek to, we pray like, Lord, make me an approachable woman. 
make me an inviting woman so that if there's a woman in church this Sunday who just needs five minutes to bring something out, that I would be the type of woman that is interruptible. This is something I need to pray over myself. Like I don't just do this naturally. This is supernatural with Christ helping us. First things is just, you know, being available for women and then listening. That's where this workbook came from. It came from a lot of years of being invited into women's stories and learning about the compounded suffering. But the way I've learned is by hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of listening to these women and learning from learning from my mistakes. Like I've not done this perfectly. I've missed women. I've misinterpreted women. But it's listening, getting to know them. And then finally, I'll say, I'll just add to this, is discerning what are the most important needs she has right now. There's going to be a lot of long-term needs, but what are the short-term urgent things? And, And we start kind of pressing into those on a practical level and on a spiritual and healing level. You, you come to this, um, this wounded woman with such gentleness and care. I, I just appreciate that so much. And even one of the sessions is called breathe. Mm. So talk to us about self-care. What, what mm. is self-care? How does it help a brokenhearted person find strength or comfort or wisdom? Yeah, well, now I'm glad you mentioned that session. It's session six. There's 10 sessions in the workbook, and it's called Breathe Pause in the Journey to Rest, Remember, and Reflect. And I just love that the Lord gave the idea to have that session in there. And the session is exactly that. There's no new hard, like heart work to do. It's really pausing, inviting the women to reflect on where they come from. And then that session kind of guides them in just pursuing some life-giving activities, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Because do you do you know, and the two of you probably would know this, but I just had a woman a few days ago cry with me on the phone because in the midst of her situation, which is multi-layered, um, but includes her marriage, I, I was just urging her just by saying your heart matters in this, like your well-being matters in this. This is so for a wife, this isn't only about rallying around your husband, helping your husband get the care he needs, mm-hmm. talking to the church leaders about your husband. That's all going to be a part of it. But I've had so many wives, including that woman just three days ago, say, no one has told me that my heart matters in this. Mm-hmm. Like. I'm just getting told I've got to help my husband with his recovery. I've got to do what I can do to help Mm. prevent temptation and on and on and on. I've got to, I'm trying to get marriage counseling set up, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And her heart just either gets stuffed down and her pain, her, her situation isn't really being addressed. So that's why having this session and really that kind of a heart heart posture is woven throughout the workbook. I mean, that's a part of how I'm, I'm trying to be a guide who is urging them that Jesus sees you. Jesus wants to care for your heart. And in fact, one of my stated goals for this workbook and priorities was that I wanted every session, every page, if you will, that's a little bit dramatic, but I'll, I'll put it that way. I wanted a wife to be able to engage with it regardless of where her husband was at, regardless of if he is repentant or not. We hope he is, but her heart, her journey 
matters. And so self-care, which is a looking at a biblical principle for us to be watching over our hearts, stewarding our lives, stewarding our suffering in a way that will help us flourish and heal is so significant. And I've just sadly, I've had so many wives say, no one's ever said this to me before. And they, they cry every time. And so I could go on that one for another hour or two, but we're limited on time here. So Well, again, salty peanuts. And I, I want to <laughs> yeah, tell salty. you, if if you're listening right now and you have tears in your eyes because you are that woman, I want to urge you to get a hold of this workbook. And Ellen is going to tell us how you can get it for free right now. I don't know if that's always going to be, but for now, it is a free resource. In fact, Ellen, why don't you share right now how can we get this resource for free, yeah. which is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we are not charging for it. Um, I mean, I'll say, you know, we are grateful that through churches and individuals that give to our ministry, we're able to offer resources like this at no charge. But yeah, for right now, it's a PDF, a digital download at harvestusa.org backslash unwanted journey. If you just go to our website, it's actually on the front page. Uh, but there is a participant guide and a separate leader's guide. And the leader's guide, uh, Sharon already referenced, uh, it really is meant to have helpful complementary notes for each session, guiding a leader in how to facilitate the discussion. And I include things I've learned about what to anticipate when you're discussing this question or this question. I add a lot of things there for a leader to even have a vocabulary and a, and a map for walking through the sessions. So yeah, Harvest USA. Uh, .org. We are having discussions about uh, hopefully offering it in the next year or two, all of our digital resources as uh, purchasable hard copy books. So pray for us that that can come about in the next year or two. Now, I like great. holding a book in my hands and I like yeah. being able to put notes along the margins and underlining. So I, I vote yes for that, but I also think it's incredible yeah. that it is a free resource. Uh, what a gift to the church. We are so grateful for it. And I know that Janian is one of those women who is a leader training women to come alongside the leadership of the church. And she is, as already said, she's blown away by this gift to the church. Uh, Janian, talk about the leader's guide some, but also talk to the woman who's saying, I could never, ever help a woman in this kind of a situation. Never could I lead a group on this kind of topic. Talk to us about that. Yeah, this leader's guide is, it's the best leader's guide I've ever seen. Ellen, it feels like you're right in the room with this. Like you can tell exactly what's going to happen and what to do when that happens and how to respond. It, it's just so lovingly done. And it's obvious that you've led this many, many, many times. So you, you know how it's going to go. And so I just appreciate that so much. But yes, we need, we need women who are willing to step up. And, you know, they might be looking back on their own painful pathway and saying, I don't want to go back there. Or maybe they've never experienced this kind of betrayal. And so they feel disqualified. Or maybe they don't have any training in counseling. And so they don't feel qualified. I would like to know, Ellen, what you would say to that woman. I know that in our church, we have a shepherding ministry. And it has become something that is so precious to the women, to the leadership, male leadership of our church. 
because um, women are coming alongside of other women under the leadership of the men who can't do, it would not be appropriate for them to come in, in ways that women can come alongside of hurting women and offer comfort and friendship. And so it's just expanded the ministry to hurting women so um, effectively, but women have to step up. And it's a mutual, I mean, it's what I've found is those who do are incredibly blessed through it. So, so how would you speak to that woman who's saying, not me? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, the leader's guide will kind of even walk you through. So it gets free. It'll walk you through even discerning. Is God calling you potentially to facilitate a group like this or even a one-on-one relationship with this? Although I think a group dynamic is the best. Um, so a couple of thoughts on that. One is I did record a Zoom, somewhat of a webinar that uh, we can make available in the notes with this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's me just giving an overview of the workbook and giving some basic tips for would-be facilitators. So that's something that people can take uh, take a look at. But, you know, two, two ways I would answer that question about like, I, I'm not qualified for this or I'm not ready. I'm not ready just to emotionally engage with this. You know, for both of those, first, I would say, I get it. I completely felt that way early on. And I, I hope I never get into a place of, oh, yeah, I got this. You know, I've had all this experience. Oh, yeah, I've got this. No, I mean, that's, that's a dangerous path to take. But, you know, the truth is that, you know, I've got this plaque back here that was made for me by a woman in my very first wives group in 2008. Mm-hmm. And it's Second Corinthians 1, 3, and 4 which is that beautiful passage that speaks of God comforting us and then allowing that comfort to flow out to anybody, regardless of the situation. And so the Holy Spirit builds those bridges from us and our lives and our suffering into the lives of other people, regardless of the similar circumstances. I mean, we, we, this happens all the time when a male pastor preaches the word to his congregation, when a women's Bible teacher teaches something to a group and there's every possible thing. And similar with this, as I've mentioned, I've not been married, so I've not experienced betrayal in marriage, but I ask the Lord to build those bridges from his word in my life into the lives of these women. And in a group context, I'm trying to facilitate these women ministering to each other as they share their stories. So there are things that you want to be growing in as far as skills or spiritual maturity, maturity, navigating a discussion, keeping a discussion on point and those kinds of things. But I guess I would just encourage a woman that might resist, like, I don't want to do this. I never want to, well, that's something, you know, bring that before the Lord and ask him, does he have this for you? And then for the woman that might just feel insecure, like I could never do this. It's too scary. Pray about it. And ask the Lord to help you take entry-level steps, if you will. And that might be he brings a woman to you, asks for coffee, Mm -hmm. and she shares with you something she's never told anybody, that her husband's addicted to pornography or her husband had an affair or whatever it might be. So the the Lord does call us to jump into the trenches of messy, broken, hard, ugly, painful realities. And we need people jumping into those things in us, too. But it's only the Lord that can equip us to really do that. And I would just say, don't don't resist if the Lord is urging you, prompting you to move into helping hurting people. Yeah, I love I love your emphasis on prayer. 
to pray uh, and pray with open hands. And you might find yourself somewhere you never imagined. But as Jane Ann said earlier, the blessings that come back when we go into those hard places, because we know it's not us. It's definitely the Lord who has led us there. I know that Jane Ann would agree with me that we would love to just sit and talk for a few more hours, <laughs> really and truly. <laughs> we love talking with you, Ellen. We love your heart and we love the passion you have for sharing Jesus with others. And I'm so grateful for the generous investment of your time into the hearts of individuals and the church at large. You are giving us such an incredible gift. And we are going to have the information for getting the PDF free. It is a gift from the heart of Ellen and the ministry. We'll have all that information in the notes. We will have information in there about how you can follow um, Ellen, and we'll have the uh, link to the little workshop that she did, the webinar that she did. Please pray about how you can help spread the word about this wonderful resource. Get it for yourself. And as I said at the very beginning, I'm ready to go back through it for my own personal life, even though I've not experienced sexual betrayal. The the truths are so precious. They're so sweet. And I love, Ellen, how you, I go back to that, the foundations have been so devastated and disrupted. And and even as I was working through your book, I thought, well, when are we going to get to it? Because you are slowly gently rebuilding that strong foundation Mm -hmm. so that this uh, broken woman is able to really dig into some of those harder places. So I guess you can tell I'm just falling in love with this resource. And we are hoping that this conversation is acting as salty peanuts, Mm -hmm. that you will absolutely go get this free gift and spread it around, share it with your pastor, share it with counselors, maybe that work at your church, wherever you can share this resource. We hope that you will. As Alan said, 50% of marriages have experienced some kind of sexual sin in the church. And it is a hidden, a hidden broken heart that when you have a resource like this could help bring the hope that God has already prepared. And so, Ellen, as we're wrapping up, would you just talk to that woman who she's just learned that her whole world has been blown apart, feels like she doesn't even know which end is up because of sexual betrayal. What hope can you give to her? What are some first steps that you would encourage her to take? Well, two things right off the bat, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. You can't bind up a wound unless you are right there, hands-on. So that's who Jesus is for you. You may not feel that, but it's true. The other thing is you did not cause your husband's sin. You're not responsible for it. And you may have people telling you that because of this and that. You are not responsible for your husband's choices and resist that lie and accusation. And then the third thing is Don't go this alone. This is not a journey that you can walk alone. The woman I mentioned that um, made this for me, she went through her entire experience completely isolated in in the early part of it. And I just urge you, like you've you've heard from the three of us today, and we just we represent many other, I think, leaders who don't have all the answers, but we know we want to bring you to Jesus who has those answers. And so I, I urge you to reach out to somebody for help, a trustworthy, 
woman in your church, trustworthy, that this is someone that demonstrates humility, a posture of grace, a woman that is obviously doesn't have it all together, but leans on Jesus, a woman who has a guard on her mouth, or a male leader that you experience in that same way. Reach out for help and don't go this alone. Thank you so much, Ellen. You have definitely offered the help and hope of Jesus today in our conversation. I know I speak for Janian too. What a privilege it is to share this time with you. So busy investing in so many lives. And I'm praying that God is going to use this conversation to give help and hope to that one woman who is hanging on to life by her fingernails right now. Friend, there is hope. We are going to have all this information, as I said, uh, for the uh, free gift of this book. Again, what is the title again, Ellen? Jesus and Your Unwanted Journey, Wives Finding Comfort After Sexual Betrayal. And boy, that is packed. Uh, And there is a free leader's guide that goes along with it. We will have all that information in the show notes. We are so grateful again, Ellen, for you sharing your life with us. Go to helpandhopenow.org. That's helpandhopenow.org, where you can find more conversations like the one that we just had with Ellen. We we uh, touch on some of the most broken places that people experience. And as with this one, often in isolation and loneliness, not knowing that there is hope. But we offer you redemption stories of people who have experienced the hope of the gospel. And every one of them is declaring that God is sovereign and you can trust him even in those most broken places. So again, that's help and hope now.org. I'm Sharon Betters with my co-host Jane Ann Wilson and our guest Ellen Dykus. Thank you so much for joining us today and we look forward to being with you again. We hope that you will pass the word about the blessings of the Help and Hope podcast and leave a note. Let us know how God is using it to help you walk by faith on the pathway where God has placed you. Thank you for listening to this Help and Hope podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Visit markinc.org, M-A-R-K-I-N-C.org to find additional free resources on a variety of topics. Online counseling services are also available through Anchored Hope Biblical Counseling by visiting helpandhopenow.org. That's helpandhopenow.org. Download the Help and Hope app on your mobile device. Hope is just one click away.